Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party and Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going today? It's going pretty well, Shay. It's the holiday season. We both work in like advertising, marketing, and it's busy. Mm-hmm. It's busy as heck, but I think we're both happy to be here recording the podcast. Get a little break. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's always a nice reality check every week when we get to sit down and do the podcast, kind of escape from everything else and just focus on recording. And yeah, I guess, um, you know, this episode comes out on Wednesday. And so next episode comes out on Saturday. So happy Thanksgiving to the people that are celebrating, listening over their holiday weekend. Happy Black Friday for the people that are maybe listening while they're waiting in line at some stores. I hope you have a good holiday. Celebrate it with some family. Uh, If you don't celebrate Thanksgiving, all good. Hope you have a good one as well. Hope you enjoy your week. But we got a fun episode today. Today we are breaking down the latest and greatest news in Apex Legends. And hopefully we're going to get to a good amount of questions as well. That's something we're going to try and do today for sure. Uh, And speaking of questions, if you want a question answered on the podcast, ask it in the Discord channel for questions or leave them in the form of a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you want to hear more thoughts from Henry and myself, follow us on Twitter at Gergrudoche and at HP Burrison to check in on the latest info from your two hosts. After the wildly popular and successful fourth third-party invitational, we finally are excited to announce the fifth third-party invitational. So this is a private lobby tournament that we're able to run. The date is set for December 16th. Sign up for Patreon, get access to the roster. So you can participate if you are at any tier on Patreon. Um, We're doing some changes, two Mm -hmm. critical changes this time around. We're still going to do five games, Battle Royale, of course, teams of three. You can enter as a solo, duo, trio. We'll, We'll make sure you get on a team. But after some feedback last time, we're trying to make this one less competitive. And the first thing that we're doing is we are dropping the prize pool. You know, we're not going to have money on the line, trying to play for fun, get the pressure off, mm-hmm. playing for fun, playing as a community, see how that goes. Second thing that we're doing is we are banning all recon legends. That means no Pathfinder, no Seer, no Vantage, no Valkyrie, no Bloodhound, and no Crypto. This is bold. I think we're all fans of recon legends. We mm-hmm. definitely preach it. That this is critical to, to getting consistent wins, but we think this will not only be kind of fun to shake up the meta, mix things up a little bit, but will also help uh, maybe be a little bit less competitive mm-hmm. where we aren't playing so much for rings and sweaty. So we're excited to see how this one goes. Last time signups, you know, fill up super quick. So definitely make sure you sign up if you're interested. Um, it should be fun though. I'm excited to see this one. It's going to be a blast. I'm truly looking forward to this No Recon Legends concept. And, you know, I think we went No Recon because we kind of wanted to see the experiment at a little bit larger scale. But also what this is, is no no wall hack Legends, if we mm-hmm. want to put it that way, as, you know, people get frustrated about on uh, social media. So, you know, no Seer and no Bloodhound and Crypto is going to be kind of interesting to monitor, I think, and see how people respond. I'm, you know, 
we got a really couple really popular legends in here, but a couple not so popular legends as well. So I'm kind of interested to see what the you know in tournament meta shakes out to be without the recon legends, and then if it adjusts how people uh, play. Uh, the other kind of just caveat we're also have thrown in there is uh, no pro teams will be allowed to compete, uh, and so we'll be making sure everybody is uh, obviously not competing in the ALGS uh, or any other tournaments uh, in the lead up to the third party invitational, but most important thing have fun and you get to play with your friends that's our favorite thing about this tournament and something that we plan on keeping around for a while so anything else on the tournament or are we ready to dive into the news that's it let's get into it first piece of news and kind of a big piece of news we got some changes to skill-based matchmaking coming uh, to the game and this is not something i think you or i were expecting to be talking about on the news anytime soon no and that's way. why that's why it's weird like honestly and not to say this is a good or bad thing but i'll read the quotes from the respawn technical director um they responded to someone asking about skill-based matchmaking and they said quote sbmm will change for the moment it is based on the highest player in the group and it will most likely mutate to something else surprise surprise mid-december slash new year we'll communicate more in the new year about this um and then it was also further confirmed in a thread along this that uh Apex is not based on uh, EOMM, which is engagement optimization matchmaking, something that you know people I think accuse EA of a lot. Uh, as engagement optimization matchmaking is uh, all about making people play for as long as possible in order to spend more money, that kind of fun stuff. Um, actually, if you're on the Patreon, you have listened to the skill based matchmaking episode. It's older now, but that is still one of our best podcast episodes uh, I think we've ever done. So, skill based changing. What do you think? What's kind of your first reaction to hearing this? Um, for a long time, you know, the matchmaking at Apex has been a point of contention. A lot of debate happening around it. Um, I think it's probably the biggest reason people probably stop playing Apex. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a crazy thing to say, um, but I feel like that's probably accurate. Um, Apex is a hard game. And it's a team-based game. And I think a lot of players get punished by skill-based matchmaking, and it forces them out. Revising the system so that it makes it easier to play as a solo or to play a little bit less competitive, I think is really, really important to the game. I think, you know, my question is, why now? You know, like, we've been kind of having these debates over skill-based matchmaking for years now why are why are we now feeling like it's a it's an important time especially since we've had such a successful year of mm-hmm. apex like mm-hmm. we've just had so many new players come onto the scene but these issues of apex being really competitive still persist so i think we're supportive of yeah. a change but i'm kind of questioning why mm-hmm. why now it, um, it, it is a good question i think like this guy kind of said, it's something we'll probably hear about, but there's going to be more communication around this change, which is great to hear that it's not going to be something that's implemented without us kind of never hearing why, because I think we will get that answer eventually. Um, to theorize on it, though, right now, I think, you know, we're seeing from the sounds of it, Apex getting hit a bit harder than expected this holiday season by competitive game by its competitors. And Maybe this is a shakeup that will bring some attention back to the game whenever it goes live. Uh, you know, skill base is such a 
divisive topic on social media that even you know we're talking about on our show just because the idea of changing it was mentioned um, and it'll be talked about on social media for a long time so just this one comment does bring some more attention to the game um but like you were kind of saying it's been something of topic for a while and apex has always leaned more competitive i like where we're potentially going with hubs not being as competitive and ranked being the competitive place to live, especially with all the changes they've made to ranked, introducing a rookie tier, you know, having demotion as well. It's very fluid in where you are. It's supposed to be a very competitive rank system for everyone at every level. You're supposed to be able to compete against not great players if you were new to the game. And so I love that balance. And I think it does make pubs a little bit more obsolete. And so maybe this brings a bit more fun to pubs. But more than anything else, it gives a reason for you know those diamonds and those masters and those preds to play with their friends. Where if you know in the past your matchmaking was based off the best person in your lobby, that's gonna be no fun if you're trying to get a new person into Apex and then you gotta go create a smurf because then you wanna play with them, and then after five games, you're gonna get thrown into pred lobbies because you've been grinding everybody. It seems like we're gonna try and find a way to meet in the middle. Um, and so to me it screams, hey, here's a feature for playing with your friends, and that's what Apex has been to its core, a team game to play with your friends. Totally. Um, next piece of news, though. Apex Legends has been nominated at the Hashtag Game Awards 2022 for Best Ongoing Game and Best Community Support in the Game. And Apex Legends Mobile has also been nominated for Best Mobile Game of the Year. Got to give the shout-out. You know, Hopefully, we come up with a couple dubs. I love seeing this, though. I think the Game Awards is a big deal. You know, we've we've worked in the industry now for a while. I've worked in PR for a while as well, where you, you know, you nominate games and companies for awards specifically. And the Game Awards is one of, if not the most prestigious of these in the gaming space. So this is no joke. Um, it is not just the biggest IPs that get to be, you know, the best community support, regardless of what kind of community support. Like this is a legitimate thing. And you know, Apex has kind of been in this category for a while now, and I think it's a great statement to you know, how the developers are in terms of interacting with the community while it has changed from when it, what it used to be in terms of the communication and what changes are happening and why. There is still a very active bunch, I would say, across social media on a per-game basis. Totally. And I think this year, they've done so many really cool things. Like with dropping a merch line with Spear, yeah. That is Sweet. awesome. Like that is awesome. And then doing the VTubers uh for a season release, I just thought was awesome. Just being able to work with content creators to release something like that for free mm -hmm. to the community. I, I feel like there's been a lot of really cool innovation from the respawn team. But I definitely encourage everybody to go out and vote. Mm -hmm. I think. Apex is my favorite game, so I'm a little bit biased. But <laughs> like you said, Jay, this is competitive. Yes. Like you are not necessarily just going to see Fortnite win everything. You mm -hmm. are going to see indie games here. You're going to see AAA games here. Um, really, anything can happen, and that means that Apex is also in the running. So yeah. let's try to get some wins. Game of the year is going to be an interesting one. The monitor too, yeah. as well. That's it's going to be a slugfest this year, uh, no doubt about it. So. We'll, we'll stay tuned and we'll keep you guys updated. Um, some in-game news, though. The Black Friday sale is now live in Apex Legends. Um, and this is an important one to, message, to mention. We don't always kind of talk about, you know, skins in the store and the latest sales and all that kind of fun stuff. Talk about our favorite skins. We, we normally do for some of the major ones. 
This is one of those, uh, but for a different reason. This is the biggest discount or deal you will ever, ever get um, when it comes to buying Apex packs. And what's important with that is if you want to buy Apex packs and bundles at scale to go towards getting an heirloom, once you get 500 packs, you get an heirloom. Mm -hmm. Now is the time to do that. Essentially, you're, you're going to get a large number of packs for, I think the math comes out to $40, $45 off uh, more than you normally would. Uh, so it has to be mentioned for anyone that's kind of hunting for that heirloom. And then I also got to throw in there, they have some great fantastic skins returning. Uh, it's going to be, it's a solid store, no doubt about it. Another reminder just about how Apex packs work now is that you can get skins from events that have gone by, mm -hmm. which is really crazy. And I often forget about it until I pull one out of a pack. So I think buying Apex packs has become more and more valuable. And like you said, this is the most discounted they're going to be all year. So good plug. Next piece of news and last piece of news on the day. Uh, we talked about last week Apex dying. It was kind of a topic of discussion on social media. Uh, and obviously that topic and discussion has continued on with other people. And so I think I kind of wanted to circle back a week later from our last episode. Maybe see how you're feeling. Is Apex dying? And with that, I think we got to bring up kind of the, you know, it's Timmy, pretty big, you know, Apex Legends content creator. Posed the question on Twitter, is Apex dying? One of our favorite creators, Nicewig, responded. Uh, he said, extreme rough patch that needs fixed ASAP. We have seen viewership this low before, and it made a comeback. The lows are incredibly low for BRs, I feel like, as well. How do you kind of feel about either that response or just a week after our last episode talking about the state of Apex Legends as a whole? Yeah, I, I think to respond based off what we talked about last week, this is an extremely competitive calendar period like just the game releases the AAA ecosystem right now a free-to-play br is not expected to do do well um you know like we talked about as well this is extreme low viewership like it has mm -hmm. been years since we've seen something like this so for our guy wig to say we've seen this before we've come back it's not necessarily a great comparison because like when viewership was this low before, we didn't have nearly the same amount of content. We didn't have nearly the same amount of maps. We got five maps. Like we got a lot of legends. We have so much content in the game. Um, I am 1,000% confident that we will come back as a title and be in popularity going into 2023. Um, but it still is pretty strange mm -hmm. that it's this low. Um, but is Apex dying? No, definitely not. What do you think about him saying that it's a rough patch that needs to be fixed ASAP? Like what do you how do you what do you think he's maybe referring to as the fix, if that makes sense? Because there's not something I look at in the game right now and pinpoint as what a massive problem. Like if if it's a seer meta that we're talking about here, that was all last season when we were hitting and breaking every single record in the books. Um I got pop no to idea. your mind. Okay. I don't I, think there's I, anything I, yeah. wrong with Apex. I think it's completely irrelevant to what's going on with the game's popularity. Um, you know, there's always more you can do. There's always more content you can release. There's always more balancing that you can do, more communication, more marketing. But honestly, now is not the time. If you do any of those things, they're going to be 
lost in the craziness of the the holiday releases. So I personally don't think we need any immediate action. I think the best strategy for Apex is to hunker down and hit next season really hard uh, to win everybody back for a free game. Should yeah. be doable. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree. I think so. But I'm with you. Apex isn't dying. We'll, we'll kind of see how uh, you know the next month or so unfolds and the next season. With that, though, let's dive into some questions. Uh, we got a couple of five-star questions on the show today. I'll start us off with a five-star question coming from Apex for Life. If you could delete a legend, who would you delete? We haven't had Great. this conversation in a while. And don't just scream Wraith at the top of your lungs, <sighs> man, okay? <laughs> I've said it before. I'll say it again. I would delete Wraith uh, for sure. It's such a weird legend. <laughs> and people gravitate towards her, but she really does not support the team and isn't even super fun to play compared to other ones. So I would probably delete Wraith first. If it wasn't Wraith, who would you wipe off the map? Well, I, I'll throw out that Wraith probably isn't my my delete candidate as well. Even I know, even I know. outside, like I, I've had my Wraith stint. I think she's she's still a good time. Um, Deleting a legend is always an interesting conversation because I think when you talk one in particular, it kind of limits you. Like, because I understand, like, I like Seer and Bloodhound, but I do understand the people that say, I don't want like a wall hacks in Apex. I think wall hacks are kind of weird to have an Apex. So I wish we could get rid of Seer and Bloodhound kind of thing. Um, like, if you could remove certain metas from the game as a whole, I think is kind of the point I'm getting at. I wouldn't just want to clarify that, but it is an interesting concept. Um, man, one legend to delete though. I really like all the low pick rate legends, so I'll I'll share two perspectives. One would be Revenant to delete, more so because I kind of just want them to try again with him and put him in a place where he's more playable and relevant to people because he's such a cool character. But I think his kit just we've talked about it endlessly. It has a lot of weird things in it that make it really hard to use. Um, and the other one is. And maybe I'll catch some flack for this. I'd knock Octane out of there potentially just because number one pick rate legend. And this is like similar reason like why I would say Wraith too in certain times. I always think if you're going to delete a legend, deleting the most popular legend in the game, I think is it opens up an interesting concept for like what would replace it? What does the meta maybe shift to after that? And Octane's top dog and the number of Octanes that have uh, died on me in game and then uh, quit. Uh, is endless so yeah i'll throw those two answers out there <laughs> good answers for sure <laughs> um next five star question coming from max hi long time listener here and love what you guys are doing for the apex community my question is do you feel like phoenix kits still have a place in the game given they are purple pickups but feel lackluster in comparison to blue shield bats that 10 second charge up time is the longest 10 seconds of my life mid combat makes phoenix kits useless in the final zones my suggestion to respawn is to make it so you can cancel them partway through and keep some of the charge also been holding on for titan combat to come back missing that north star and scorch oh man i'm missing the titans also man i am missing the titans also without a doubt it is a i miss titanfall i was just talking about this with people the other day too i was 
Uh, I was chatting, we we're chatting about like our favorite FPS shooters of all time. And I said, Titanfall 2 was right up there. And uh, I was met on uh, ears that did not want to listen to me, uh, which was too bad. But it is an interesting concept. I think overall, when we kind of talk about Phoenix Kiss as a whole, Henry and I have kind of been on the not as a big of a fan side of things. And I'll say right now, they are not a mid combat tool. You can occasionally get a mid-combat Phoenix off, but it is stressful and puts you in a tough position to be out of the fight for 10 seconds. Um, With that being said, I think there is still a place. It's a very effective form of healing up after a fight. If you've taken a lot of damage and you don't want to shield swap and you're kind of just trying to get that full reset. So people that carry one, I I don't hate on that too much. Uh, I normally have like one person in the team is carrying one if you're in a team of three, so that way one person can get that full heal up. But I'm probably taking two bats over a Phoenix kit like 95% of the time. What about you? I agree. I'm pretty <laughs> anti-Phoenix kit uh, for the most part. I think they are lackluster. You're right, Max. Um, I will also just add that the healing and the shields of Apex are iconic. Like. Yeah. In the BR space, the system just works really well. If we were to change it, Phoenix kits included, it would be a massive switch up. Now, as iconic as it is, and how hesitant I would be to mess with it, Mm -hmm. probably my favorite thing about Fortnite is the Med Mist. Mm. I love being able to run around while spraying myself with health that is immediately applied like i think that's awesome and if we had that in apex i would be very happy another like type of heal that was in fortnite at one time was where you would you would chug it you would activate it and then it would give you shield over time so Mm. you would stop the animation so you could shoot fight but you would retain that regeneration of health or shields i think if you could switch the phoenix kits to be more like that where it was less of a duration it gave your reward but then you still had to wait time but you were kind of freed up to do other things to get the remaining health i think that would be a cool idea so am i recommending it not necessarily because i'm a traditionalist when it comes to apex Mm -hmm. i like the system but those two inspirations from fortnite i would I would love to see them because they would really mix things up for Apex. Yeah, I think that's a really cool concept. I agree for sure. Uh, next five-star question is coming from Hard. Love you guys' podcast. Your last podcast talked about Apex dying. You talked about Catalyst and her low pick rate. I also wonder if people ever get tired of their video games starting to feel political. I have about 12 people that I've been playing with since day one, and eight of them won't even unlock her because of the transgender thing. I'm not sure how you guys want to go there. If I'm not sure you guys want to go there on a podcast, just curious of your thoughts. Anyhow, thank you for the great show. And I've been listening for a long time and we'll keep on listening. Wish you guys the best. Well, you have come to the right podcast for people that don't care about sharing all their thoughts on things. That is for freaking sure. Um, you can go ahead to start. I'll, I'll follow up on you. Yeah, this wasn't something that we got into uh, when we were talking about Catalyst and our mastering. Um, I'm surprised. I'm honestly surprised that this could be a thing amongst like fans of Apex because 
they've just been so inclusive of different identities for years now that I didn't really think there was anything super different about having a trans character. Like It's amazing, but I didn't think it would rock the boat in a meaningful way. I'm not necessarily sure if it is relative to other legends, um, just because it's a really hard season to tell. I don't Mm -hmm. know if, you know, Apex's current popularity is affecting Catalyst's popularity. So it's hard for me to tell. And I think that's one of the reasons that we we omitted talking about that. Um, I'm sorry to to hear that that could be a thing. Disappointing. I I mean... I'll stay like I I don't think it's a big part of it honestly cuz like you said we've had this kind of inclusivity before and I some assumptions maybe here but I think the people that are probably frustrated with the you know transgender transgender nature of the character in Catalyst would express the same frustration about the history of a handful of the other char- of other characters in Apex Legends that you know are representing minorities in certain ways. And so I think we would have kind of seen something along this line before if it was really a big deal. I do think you're right in that maybe there's a little bit more than normal with Catalyst, in part because it was, it, it's probably more apparent in her kit than anyone else. Not her kit, like her abilities, but like uh, just kind of how they presented her as a character from the get-go, um, which is not a bad thing. I love the representation in Apex because of that. Um, but yeah, I don't think that is any part of why Apex is dying overall. I think there's a lot of other things to focus on with the game outside of you know representation for minorities. Uh, that's my opinion on this one. Yeah, good question. Next one, coming from Future York Times. I have been searching for a good podcast for my favorite game, and I found one. I just have two questions. One, I play on Switch, and my question is, is the handheld better than controlling? And if not, what is the best controller? And two, are paddles worth it? Thanks, love the show. Oh, man, I can't recommend a controller right now. I'm having a frustrating battle with my my Series 2 Elite controller uh, right now. I wouldn't vouch for it with all my heart. I'll tell you that. I, t- I enjoy the controller. It feels good in my hand, but I'm having some issues with it. Not sick drift, having issues with bumpers. Um, so I won't give it the full vouch. I have been playing on paddles for probably two years now, I think. And it started with Apex and it's translated to all of the video games for me. I would struggle to go back. And that's coming from someone that plays Claw also. So it holds the controller all funky. Um, and I do only play with paddles on one side of my controller because I vice grip the controller with my right hand. And so I couldn't play with paddles there. Um, but yeah, I, I'd give the I would give the voucher paddles and uh, recommend that controller. Specifically looking at the Switch though, um, I'm going to always opt for a controller over the handheld version of the Switch as much as I want it to work. <laughs> yeah, I'll agree with that. I think controller is going to be better than the handheld controllers or inputs on the Switch, um, especially just for like long time gaming sessions. You start yeah. doing two hours on a Switch handheld, really painful. Yeah. Like this is not going to be at your best. Um, you know, paddles. I think some people think paddles are cheating. 
I don't think so. <laughs> um, but I, I more attribute paddles to being similar to, um, what are they called? Like mouse buttons on the mouse? No, uh, the control freaks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you get used to them and you start to really like them, but not having them doesn't necessarily limit your performance. I think I agree. any sort of benefit from paddles or control freaks is so marginal that you're not winning more gunfights, not winning more games because of it. It's kind of more a comfort thing. And so mm-hmm. I think if you're playing a lot, having one or both of those kind of upgrades is nice, but it's not necessarily a game changer, in my opinion. We'll see if we rattle any feathers with that take. Well, I'm no, sorry if could, we do. That one could get interesting. We'll see. Throw at Henry Burson, at HB Burson on Twitter. Throw no, all don't. your hate. Um, <laughs> controller game stand up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, do what all, you got to do. Oh, good. Uh, last question of the day. Uh, Discord question coming from Crafty Luke. Henry and Shay, if you guys were in the Apex universe, what map would you live on and what POI would you stay at? Also, what would be your reason for joining the Apex games and what would your abilities be? Ooh. Big, heavy question. Um, <laughs> it is honestly kind of tough. Mm-hmm. King's Canyon is destroyed. Yeah. Now, multiple times. Really tough to live there. Um, World's Edge, lava, ice, having a planet harvester, destroying it. Going to be a tough sell for me. Olympus, as a pretty solid option, recently almost crash landed and has like a whole black hole rift black thing hole on it. it. Yeah. So don't like, let your yeah, kids real wander too there far. Is pretty cool. Like the houses are nice, but extremely dangerous. Stormpoint, I think, is maybe one of the best options, but wildlife. The, the wildlife <laughs> is like a no go. So yeah, it's a tropical paradise, but you got like spiders bigger than dogs. Like it's it's pretty bad. And then finally, like my answer is Broken Moon. I love that it's map. Just it I hasn't think it been looks great. Yet. <laughs> but it is on a moon. Like it is extremely risky. So oh, even man. though it has issues, I love the look of Broken Moon. Um, what POI you know, though? <laughs> what POI? I think right now I live in an apartment. <laughs> I don't really have a view. I definitely want something that, you know, has something nice to look at. So although I really like the the darker, rockier parts of the map, I'm going to have to go on more of the green, lush side. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Eternal Gardens, nice, definitely a contender. But I really like the divide, being able to mm-hmm. kind of look out into space and see Boris. I like that. I think it's a cool design. So I'd probably live there. Yeah, I, I was, I think... I was liking World's Edge, and then I forgot about the whole Planet Harvester thing. You can ignore that. Because I wanted to give the answer of Mirage Voyage on World's Edge. That's if a I great could, answer. If I could take the POI that is now gone. But if I can't, I'm going Broken Moon with you as well, for many of the reasons we mentioned. And I have a very specific place in mind that I would live in. I would take one of the train station terminals in the back of Bionomics because those train stations, that's a nice one-bedroom loft building. 
essentially oh, yeah. most of the time. And, and we, they got public transportation they got, right there. Exactly. Public transport yeah. right at your yeah. front door. Um, can't get, I can get anywhere in record time. Um, not even have to worry about, I mean, especially from the bionomics, I can go over to Atmos station, make sure the atmosphere is still breathable. Yep. I can go down to the divide to finish my boy, Henry, visit my boy, Henry. Um, and then Head over to promenade to get your groceries. No problem. Like, no yeah. problem. But I think, uh, I like, I love the cherry blossom and bionomics. Yeah. So I'd love being able to look out on that every day. As the sun rises, or well, as the as the planet rises, I don't know exactly like how that. that works. Love to look out uh, from that. So that's what I would go with. Uh, lots of good answers, though. I thought of like uh, Bonsai Plaza on Olympus. Like that'd yeah. be a great place as or well. Cherry blossoms. Or cherry blossoms. I'm a sucker. So great answer. Um, abilities for ourselves. I'm just gonna plug. Um, our patreon for this and talk about that we we made legend concepts uh back in the day go check out that episode join the patreon even at the lowest tier to get access to it i think we would both probably take those abilities that we uh we created but maybe we get an updated answer on this it would just take us too long to dive into the specifics of every ability right now For sure. That's going to wrap up the show for us today. Thank you so much to our producer of the third party, 10, who supports us over on Patreon. Hit the plus on Apple, drop us a follow on Spotify, and check out the Discord V link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to the third party podcast. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down. <laughs>